Which high school football recruits do the Florida State Seminoles need to covet in the class of 25? You are Locked On Seminoles, your daily podcast on the Florida State Seminoles. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back into another episode of Locked On Seminoles. I'm your host, Brian Smith, and today we're going to talk a little bit about top 225 recruits for the Knowles and all the things that go with it, including what you guys think, because this is going to be a live chat, and I'm excited to get it started. Today's show is brought to you by eBay Motors. eBay Motors. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Your ride or die at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. So here's the deal. I thank everybody for coming in and making this your first listen each and every day. This episode is going to be a prelude to a lot of things we're going to be doing probably for the next two, three months as Florida State gains more commitments. Obviously, I talked about Javion Hilson yesterday, the big-time defensive lineman out of Coco High School. That is about as good a get as you can come up with this early in the process. So congrats to the Knowles and just everything that goes right along into that. They've got a chance at two consecutive, two consecutive big-time recruiting classes after a big-time class this last year. Now, if you can put back-to-back, you can really start to have your program be a top-10 team every single year. So to begin, before I hit the chat button and look at everything, and please Fire away with anything that you have as far as a question, a comment, a player you want to know about. If I don't know, I'll find out about him. It's really not that difficult. I'm all for it. But I do want to make a few comments on a few kids that I have written down. Some of the kids that are either at positions of need for the Knowles or two, they're like in their backyard, a kid that they've already had on campus, et cetera. So here's a few kids you need to know. Number one. This is somebody that Cam Davis told me about, the running back that signed with the Knowles this past year, Osmond Chroma. He lives right down the road, ironically, in Albany, Georgia, from where Cam lived. They played at high schools right down the street from each other, Lee County. Osmond is the do-everything guy for Lee County, and it's a 6A school in Georgia. Tradition-rich program. He's been at Florida State a number of times. Georgia, Clemson, Notre Dame, Ohio State, anybody you can think of has recruited this kid. Florida State, I would say, is the best bet. You can get a class back-to-back with those two as your power running backs that are versatile, that can catch the ball as well. You really couldn't do any better. And that doesn't even count Makai Danzig they got last year as well. Another kid somewhat local, Alvin Henderson. This is one of the more ridiculous stories. He plays in a small school in southeast Alabama called Elba. Set the state record last year in Alabama as a junior for like touchdowns at a Seattle, like 70 or something. It was just absurd. His brother plays at Bama, was a running back, is a receiver now. He's been to Florida State. This is a kid they're on. But I'm curious to see what happens with him now that Saban is not there. Speaking of the whole Saban saga, Caleb Cunningham, the kid of Alabama that everybody's recruiting from Mississippi, Florida State is after him. Another small school, Choctaw County. Kind of an interesting situation because Florida State's got ties to that state with this staff. But do they really have the ability to go get the best player in the state of Mississippi? And he very well could be. He is 
probably kind of like Cam Coleman from last year in terms of his style of play. Big receiver, goes up and gets it. Not quite as tall as Cam, but similar, and can take the top off as well. If they can get this kid back on campus and have him for an official visit, you never know. Obviously, Florida State's history of receiver is tremendous. If he's not the number one receiver in the country, Jamie French probably is. He's the kid at Mandarin. We've talked about him on this show numerous times. Got to keep going after him. One more receiver that I want to mention. Well, Wayne McCoy signed with the Knowles this last year. He's friends with Nashawn Montgomery, who is now at McCoy's old high school in Central. I don't know why these kids move around so much in South Florida, but it's probably going to benefit the Knowles in this case. Wayne was at Central. Montgomery's a kid that likes Florida State. Uh, I mean, Miami and everybody's recruiting him. He can go, another kid that's got length, another kid that can take the top off, and he has really good hands. I'm curious about him. Offensive tackle is arguably the most difficult position for Florida State to recruit. It's debatable, but I would say it's number one, especially in the last few years. They've struggled along with DN. It's it's close. But Zaire Addison, who was a defensive lineman at one point, is somebody they need to get. He was just on campus. He's at Sumner High School just south of Tampa. Played defensive line, has moved to offensive line, and he's a former basketball player. I'm actually going to see him this weekend at a five-on-five tournament in South Florida where he's, you know, it's a padded camp kind of deal. I'm curious to see what he's able to do from last year to this year because he's just developing. But I know Florida State's really after him. Getting left tackles is hard. This is top of the board guy for me. Back to southern, uh, southeastern Alabama, Zion Grady. This is a kid that was just at their high school the other day. Enterprise, uh, Ben Blackman's the head coach. He said Florida State is in on him. Zion was committed to Bama. There's another kid. I would say he's top three, top four in the nation from the kids that I've seen nationally as a pure pass rusher. 6'4", 225, really long arms, and he kind of fits the profile as somebody you need to get on a yearly basis if you want to be that elite program. This is the other spot with OT. Let's be honest, that consistently, and I talked about this in regards to Jagon Hilson, which is a great start. If you put Grady with Florida State's ability to get Hilson, that's as good a one-two punch as you're going to see for any team in the country in this recruiting class. I would love to see them get him to see how that would work. Uh, Auburn, Georgia. I mean, the day I was there, Kirby Smart had just flown in on his helicopter and left before I got there. This is an elite recruit. One more kid, and it's another defensive end, London Merritt, Woodward Academy. It's a school that Florida State knows well. They've recruited hard. I've seen him a couple of times, state title game, et cetera. Love his ability to get after the passer. He's a pretty strong kid, too, around 250. I don't know if he'll stay at weak side end, but he'll play one of the two edge spots. And he's just a natural pass rusher. If you can get him, you would be doing very, very well. With that, I'm going to open up the chat. I've got a few questions in here. If you, again, if you have any questions that you want to ask me, fire away. Uh, let's do it. I'll, I'll take a few, and we'll go from there. All right, first up, let's see here. Hello and good morning to you, Mr. Mike Bartz. I appreciate the sentiments. Angelo, good friend. How you doing, sir? Um, Let's see here. What do we got? We both def- we most definitely need some offensive tackles in the 25 class. This is from Angelo Smith. 100%, brother. Um, I-, I think there's two would be the minimum there. Angelo, if you want to comment on, comment on that, 
go ahead and fire away. But, I mean, let's be really honest. Florida State needs to get away from just taking portal kids on the offensive line. I mean, they get some offensive kids out of high, offensive linemen out of high school. They just they're not sticking around. I don't. I know it's a tough dynamic, and it's not like Norvell prefers that. But right, Solomon Thomas is a great starter. Before I forget, he's already committed. He might be the that eh, maybe the number one player at least at offensive line in, in the state of Florida, and he could be the number one player overall uh, in the state of Florida, depending on how you want to look at it. But getting him to start, they got Zaire to go with him. That'd be great. Let's see what we got here. All right. Where's our recruiting class this year? Just curious. Do you mean this year you mean 25? You mean 24? This is Mike Bartz asking. The 24 class is right around number 10. Give or take. I mean, it was top five. They lost a few kids. Depending on how you want to look at it in terms of balance. And they got DBs, which is really important. So I rank it a little higher than some others. Somewhere between seven and nine is where I would think kind of looking back through and see some of these kids are still switching because of the coaching changes. It makes it pretty hard to keep up, to be honest with you. I 100% agree. I think we're in it for the big time offensive tackle in North Carolina as well. It's definitely a position of need. Yeah, they're in on this is a great year, by the way, for offensive tackles nationally. Not a good, a great year for offensive tackles. And that's important. Um Two is, I think, again, the minimum. I would say two inside, take one guy from the portal, and you would be done. The portal guy needs to be an elite one. I don't know what you can predict, but at the same time, if you can't get it done this year coming off a 13-0 year, it's really good year nationally for O-line, and it's extremely good down south. I think that would, that would not be a very good sign. Mike, 24. Yeah, top 10 class, buddy. Uh, Mike Bart's asking how good was the 24 class? DB was really good. Running back was in an elite group. Uh, they got a great quarterback in Luke Cromahawk. Offensive line, I would have liked a little bit more. Uh, defensive back, they got a couple of kids, that in particular like Kai Bates, et cetera, I think can play early just to put that in perspective. Defensive line, I think they needed another guy. Um, but that, the ones they got, they're good. They just needed more numbers. Uh, receiver is really, really freaking good. I just need to see them do better in the trenches and in a linebacker. They need more numbers. Front seven and, and O-line are the concerns for this group, in my opinion. So, Angelo, the 24 class will get another boost once Amari Williams commits. I assume that's where he's going. And Angelo is talking about the kid that plays down in South Florida uh, in Palm Beach County. I know Amari, good kid. I think he's even better as a flex tight end, but he can play either spot. He ran an 11-1, if I remember correctly. I think that's what it was in the spring of his sophomore year. He reclassed and he's now 24 has not signed. I assume this is a big deal that they get him because at worst case scenario, he plays the end. It doesn't work. And they move him to the other side, whatever, but if they get him. That's another pass rusher. He's 215, 220, 6364, really athletic kid. What about the guy from Harvard? We just got, I don't know anything about that. Um, I have a lot of recruiting scoop. Harvard is not one of them. Um, look, even if I had all his film, seeing him against kids at Harvard is harder in, in the Ivy League. It's just harder to grade. It just really is. Thank you. Angelo says, hit the like button. Please do hit that subscribe, share this podcast, and comment. I love it whenever that happens. 
Um, that's right. Angelo is talking about Amari. He also reclassified for those of you who don't know. Let me, let me add a little something here. And this is something that Bowden did back when I was growing up. And I'm seeing quite a bit of it with Florida State now as well. Let's take the DB class they decide. Ty Bates is going to play corner, I assume, but he could play safety. It's whatever. But he's good enough athlete he could play receiver. Ty played at Edgewater, Orlando, played really good competition. He's used to the grind. He just liked football. One of those kids who wants to win, very, very intelligent, high IQ kid. If you take kids like that, and again, position's not important here, what he's projected at, it's what can he play. When you do that and then you have a run of injuries, and this happens to everybody, when you have a run of injuries, even if it's short-term, you could move a guy to another spot. A strong safety plays outside linebacker for a week or two. Sometimes if it's a whole bunch of season-ending injury, you're just in deep trouble. But having that versatility, like Bates can play some nickel. Maybe Florida State doesn't want him there primarily, but he can play it. If you have an injury, you can move him over for a couple of weeks. We're seeing that. Offensive linemen that can play multiple spots. Defensive linemen, I think, like, for instance, some of the kids they've signed in the last couple of years are probably more suited to interior. But uh, the Hilson kid they signed uh, or got committed, not signed yet, in the 25 class, I think he could play weak side or strong side long term. Makes it hard for the other team to know what you're going to do, too. That's really important. So uh, before I go on any further here, um, another note, this class, again, for those of you just joining, is just getting started. It is really important that Florida State starts off good. And they've had a bunch of kids on campus. I am going to be down in South Florida this, this weekend. There's a five-on-five five camp, and there's also a camp, or a seven-on-seven, seven, the battle tournament, which I think is the most important of the year, teams from all over the country. We're going to talk about that next here at Locked On Seminoles. All right, eBay Motors. eBay Motors. Your passion and your drive with eBay Motors. Um, what brings home the winning trophy is all what keeps your ride and die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle leveled up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. 122 million parts for your number one ride or die. You'll always find exactly what you're looking for. With eBay's guaranteed fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at prices you want, it's your time to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that one. Keep your ride or die, ride or die alive with ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. eBay guaranteed fit. Only available to U.S. customers. All right, let's get back into some of the questions here. Um, this is a good point here by Angelo. Amari was the number one athlete in 25. I forget which service it was, but that's right. He's a kid that people have a lot of differing opinions on. Maybe he's going to be a player that ends up being a flex tight end. I think that's his best spot personally. But what does the kid want to play? That matters. If you don't want to play a spot, then it's not going to work out. And also, you got to look at it from another perspective. What about the need of the team? Florida State designed an elite tight end in the class 
right in front of it. And now that he's jumped into it, they're together. So tight end's not as big a need. Not something to think about. All right. Hunt, do you think Hakeem will start next season? If not, what is your prediction for our starting three receivers? He's talking about Hakeem Williams. This is Hunt 2022. Um, that really depends on how they want to do it. There's two things here. Number one, how much does he learn the playbook? That's the straightforward. Athletically, by the way, just as a general comment, for those you don't know, absolute top of the board, 6'3 kid that can really, really run that's over 200 pounds. He's what you're looking for. The other thing is, did they bring in anybody else? Does somebody move to another from another spot to receiver? You never know. I would assume he does, though. It's hard to keep that much size off the field. And I think it's pretty safe to say, that based on Johnny and Keon, that Mike Norvell and his staff like big receivers. So I'm going to go yes. Do you think the O-line will give DJ plenty of time to throw the ball this year? That is probably – the biggest question for the offensive side of the ball, that's from John Decker. I, I don't know. Right now, I don't know which guys are going to start and where. So that's the first thing. And two, even if they do come up with it during spring ball, how quickly does Florida State assimilate this group so they can build a little bit of chemistry? Offense in the spring is always behind the defense, and it's that way in fall camp too. It's usually not the game three or four you see offenses going because it's just harder to do things like that. Quickly, I would say offensively, it's – it's. I mean, DJ kind of solved the other question, who's going to be the quarterback. I don't think there's a number two question on offense for Florida State. I know they lost good receivers, but they have talent coming in from the freshman class. You got Hakeem Williams from the class before. They got good running backs coming in, and it's easier to play running back to help build that depth. And they had some other guys on the roster anyway, like Singleton. I think they're going to be good. And of course, they got the kid from Bama too. I, I just don't think there's anything close to it. Um, you could say tight end, losing biscuit and some of those guys, but tight ends just not as big an impact as what offensive tackle would be. Just, just my opinion. All right, here's from Angelo. With a lot of the O line returning, I think we'll be in great in the passing game, making consistent holes for the running backs to get through as our issue last year. Thus, this season reason. We brought in so many linemen. Look, he's right. I mean, you got to throw a little bit of mud at the wall and see what sticks. If somebody you bring in is a big name guy, high school or the portal, and that individual doesn't work out, it's next man. All you can do is give a guy an opportunity. Um, I hope with 15 spring practices by – They'll, every team pretty much has a first scrimmage or middle scrimmage and then like the spring game or final scrimmage. I'm hoping by six or seven, the sixth or seventh practice, the Knowles know their lineup. That's usually not how it works, though. <laughs> there's there's more competition, but we'll see. If they can figure that out, um, they'll have several guys back, but I don't know how good that is. I, I wasn't as convinced on the O-line last year. Like they ran for what was it, 22 yards against Clemson? I'm a little, I'm a little shaky there. Uh, from somebody who goes by the name, I like cold beverages. I like that. That's a great name. Are you sold on L linebacker Blake? He really looked lost at times. Understand freshman. Yeah, I get that. He's talking about Blake Nicholson. I would assume he'll be better. I, I have no idea. Until you're a full-time starter, if you're in the box or up the middle in general in football, center, middle linebacker, D tackle, 
uh, free safety, strong safety. Sometimes there's more physical responsibility, but it's more about mental. I'm not, I, if I had to guess that right now, I'd say no, because he hasn't played enough. He has a lot of talent. I know Florida State's high on it. What does that mean? Does that mean they're, they're going to get everything to go right away and everything's going to work? I, I wouldn't necessarily say so. But at the same time, all you can do is really just try. Put him at, whether it's middle or will, and then you figure it out. Now, as far as the linebacker spot in general, I still think, by the way, there's another portal window, April 15th to the 30th on that point. You're probably going to see that open up for another scholarship, maybe two scholarship guys, even if they're not definitive, like I'm going to compete for a starting job right now. Of course, they need depth. Just want to throw that out there. From Mike Bartz, how much do you all think tickets go up this year with the renovations at Doak? Sorry, off topic. No, that's actually a good topic. To be honest, I hadn't even thought about that. Uh, the, with the price in the economy, like our economy is terrible. And with the price of everything, the way it's going up, kind of hard to imagine that, that it's not going to go up. And for those of you who don't know, like the price of metals and woods and everything, it just went through the roof. Way higher than like even groceries, not even competitive. So I'm curious about that as well. If anybody hears anything, uh, drop, drop a comment here in the chat. I'd be curious about that. And I imagine many others would as well. Angela, we definitely need to be better at linebacker. I think it'll be addressed, but getting Lundy back was huge. That is also true. Lundy is pretty much going to be a starter. Now, how much does he make it happen? I mean, seriously, like how much does he make it happen? If you're not able to bring in at least one other guy, you do have the knowledge that he's coming back to help Nicholson and other players and you kind of figure it out. You may even use some safeties at linebacker and use different packages. They could be more multiple. Obviously, the coaching staff's been around a while in Florida State on the defensive side. They got a good good coaching staff. I'm not sure how they'll do it. We're probably shortchanging some players, myself included, because we don't get to see what they're doing on the offseason. We don't get to see the weight room work. We don't get to see them run hills, all of those things around Tallahassee. So I'll, I'll just kind of default to what's what's going on, but – I'd imagine that it, it's going to be pretty important. Um, speaking of recruiting, though, I do have uh, – oh, there's a good recruiting note for me. I do have some uh, other stuff I want to talk about here in just a second as I check my list to make sure I didn't miss anything. It's it's fun to get little, little snippets from a program. Hey, so-and-so is really taking a step up in the offseason, uh, whether it's an offensive lineman quarterback, a defensive back, whatever it may be. And hopefully Florida State has some of that this year and has some of that next year as well. Because all these young freshmen, you got to get like once the freshman group that's starting to enroll goes to next spring, Florida State's roster is going to be totally different. This year to me is the bonus year. Can they be nine and three or better? Sure. But are, are they going to be elite? Eh, I, don't, I don't know about that. We'll see. Let's see what Angela says here. Angelo, the guy Florida State is supposedly looking at to get from Auburn looks to be more of a DN than a linebacker going off his length and body type. I haven't heard anything, but I've been knee-deep in recruiting stuff preparing for this battle tournament that starts on Saturday. So if you want to supply some more info, let me know. But 
Auburn didn't have the greatest pass rush last year, so I'm not excited regardless. I, I saw them play live. They were just okay. But if you can get somebody that's a good rotational piece, I'm all for it. I'm curious how Florida State's D-line is going to be this year on that note. Um, I would say there's not much of a chance the freshman will play, but like Jackson that came in from Miami, et cetera, they, they, have some, they have some talented guys. I don't know who's going to play where and what the rotation is going to be and if Florida State's going to use a little bit more of what I would just call package football, 3-3-5, et cetera, playing more nickel, stand-up edge. There's all kinds of things that teams do. They'll call themselves a 4-3, but they, they all run multiple now. So it's it's very difficult to look at the lineups and just think there's one possibility because there's really quite a few. Mike Bartz, what do you think of Jim going to the Chargers, and will we get any of those players? Uh, several things. Number one, I was talking to a buddy of mine about this last night. He didn't want to deal with the NCAA. Michigan's going to get smacked. With him leaving, it's probably going to help Michigan a little bit. Secondarily, I mean, he's an NFL guy. He almost got a Super Bowl at the – would have been the Super Bowl in 2013, the 2012 season when he's with the 49ers. He's going to have a quarterback. So I get why he picked the Chargers. It makes sense. He's played for the Chargers. He's lived in California. He coached at Stanford and San Diego University of San Diego. He's familiar with it. And I think his wife is also from California. I could be wrong. But it's a good fit. Uh, good for Jim. And all that. As far as the players, who knows who's going to jump in? There are guys that left Bama's roster that I would have never thought would have left Bama's roster. Just the way it is. So we'll have to wait and see how that, that rolls. But at the same time, I think if you're, if you're realistic, you're talking about a situation where they're going to take their swing. It's like Norvell and those guys do, as I've said numerous times on this podcast, not a good job but a tremendous job at recruiting kids out of the portal and finding fits for them. So I don't really look at it from, okay, he played at Michigan. He's good. We, you know, we have to look at this guy, you know, being, being Florida state or what, that's not how it works. Does he fit your scheme and what you want to do or a package you want to add? Like I was mentioning a minute ago, and does he fit your locker room? That last point is why Florida state has been more successful in my opinion than any other school with using the portal. They're bringing in talent, but not idiots. Too many times, and I, I won't get into all the specifics, but certain schools have brought in transfers, and they're like, you're chasing talent. Why you need it, it can't be a guy that's going to disrupt what's already on your campus, man. You just can't. Coaches can't be taking time out of their meetings and all the things they're doing because you've got some guy that can't go to class. You've got some guy that is disruptive and causing fights in the locker room, that kind of stuff. So whatever player or players that it is at the University of Michigan that we, because of Harbaugh, and there will be some, if Florida State's interested, especially like if it's a Southern kid, you know, you might not be surprised. I think that's something to think about. So it, it is what it is. Um, something else I wanted to talk about is what do people in this chat think in terms of Florida State? What do they need from the 25 class? And if you want to talk about it from the portal perspective, that's fine. O-line. D-line and linebacker are kind of obvious, but do you want to get more specific with it? Like, is it an offensive guard? Is it a strong side end? What is it that you want to see Florida State get? And if you have somebody specific you want to discuss, drop it in the chat. Uh, whether it's a kid from Georgia, Arkansas, Florida, I don't care, New Jersey. If it's somebody, I can look him up right now if I don't know him. If it's a Southern kid, I probably know about him anyway. 
But remember now, Norvell and his staff, they were at Memphis. They recruited Mississippi hard, Louisiana, Arkansas through that area, and Tennessee. And then Florida State's always recruited Alabama and Georgia in addition to the state of Florida because of this proximity. So they've got a pretty wide base. I think you're going to see a little bit different approach, especially with Nick Saban no longer at the University of Alabama. Um, if nobody else has any other questions, I'll wrap up here in a minute. But uh, one other thought about this. The, this weekend, when I am at battle, and this is the biggest tournament in the country, there will be random bits of information about Florida State all weekend long. The Wyman camp is right down the road. I'm going to go to battle, then go to the Wyman camp and come back to battle on Saturday, blah, blah, blah. It's a lot of stuff. I wouldn't be surprised if I had updates on five to 10 kids, not just like, oh, Florida State's recruiting me, but a piece of information. I'm not sure how I will do it. I'm not sure when it will be, but sometime between Sunday and Monday, I'm probably going to do a podcast that's just informational. So-and-so says this, like Jamie French or somebody like Zaire Addison. What do they have to say? Like Hilson's supposed to be at this tournament, et cetera. What do these guys have to say in regards to Florida State? Like my visit was, and there's a couple of things I still need to know about Florida State. I want to see them in spring ball and watch a practice. Try to get information on timelines to really best find out what it is Florida State needs to do. And if I can get that done pretty quickly on Saturday, I might even do something uh, Saturday night. It's possible. Just do like a five, 10 minute podcast, just kind of do a breakdown and then maybe do another chat. So it's something to think about anyway. All right, y'all. Well, I appreciate it. Everybody uh, have a safe and happy Thursday. I will be back again soon trying to check everything out with recruiting as I get ready for this big battle tournament. But once again, please hit that like button, hit that subscribe and share this podcast. You can find us wherever you get your podcast for free and on YouTube, part of the awesome Locked On Network your team every day. Y'all be safe. Take care.